welcome everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm Pam Stack, your host. I'm also a book junkie and a cat wrangler. Today, I have a very, very, very important and special guest with me. Satish Kumar is a peace activist. He's been a Jain monk. He started an organization, a founder of Schumacher College. He's the editor emeritus of Resurgence in Ecology. The most important thing I can tell you is two things that I learned from his book. One is that love is the most important thing in the world, the most important thing, and that most problems can be solved with that. Let me show you his book called Radical Love. But also in the very beginning in his author notes, it made me pause and and think about everything. The other thing that's also a, a positive in our life is gravity. So we really... If we have both of those things in mind, I think this is a good way to start our conversation with Satish Kumar. Welcome, Satish. My pleasure. Thank you for having me as your guest. I am thrilled that you're here. Would you tell us a little bit about your story and how you became a Jain monk and what exactly that means? Okay. Um, uh, I was a, a very small child you can say, only four years old when my father died. And when I saw everybody in my family sad and sorry and crying, that really sort of challenged me. And I said, is there a way to stop people dying? And so my mother was a great follower of our Jain guru. And so my mother once went to see him and so I found a little window when he was on his own. And I was at that time about eight years old. I asked my guru, please tell me, is there any way to stop people dying? And my guru said, yes, there is. Then, but you have to renounce the world and become a monk. Then you can stop the cycle of birth and death. And that attracted me. And so... One way or the other, I persuaded my mother, I persuaded my brothers and sisters, they allowed me to become a monk. So I left home and for nine years, I was a monk walking barefoot and begging bowl from door to door, practicing meditation, practicing non-violence, practicing simple life and meditation. That was the life of a Jain monk. So from age nine to age 18, I was a Jain monk. It's interesting to me that your guru said to you, you can stop death. Is that because you can hold life of somebody else in your heart? Is that the basic premise of it? No, the thing is that according to Jain uh, principle, your soul is encapsulated and captured in your body because of your karmic cycle. And when you are able to rel relinquish and, and let go of all your karmic cycle, then you can be free of your body. And when you are free, the soul is free from body, then it can remain soul without body, an enlightened soul. Uh, a soul which does not have any material enveloping around it. 
So that's the kind of Jain idea of freeing the soul from the body and from material uh, kind of uh, envelope. So there's another interesting thing you said at the beginning of the book, and I actually bookmarked it. You have what I call the unholy trinity of market, money, and materialism. Which yeah. More, I think now more than ever in this, you know, is it decade maybe, maybe it's century, those things have become so at odds with everything in life. Unless, like you said, you give it all up. Yeah. So, so I want to know what your thoughts are on money and materialism and market. And you know, tell me why yes. those things are unregulated or should they be more regulated or should we not have them at all? No, the, they have a place. Of course, they have a place, money, market and materialism, because we have a matter in our lives and, and matter and spirit go together. But our purpose of life should not be wedded to money, market, and materialism. Right. Our purpose of life should be a bit higher. And market and money and materialism are means to an end. The end goal should be love. The end goal should be relationship. The end goal should be friendship. Caring for each other, caring for the planet, caring for people, caring for yourself. That should be the end goal. The dignity of human life should be the end goal. The integrity of nature should be the end goal. And integrity of nature and dignity of life and dignity of human life can only be restored and embraced by love. If you have market, materialism and money ruling your society, ruling your life, ruling your family, then you have lost the purpose of life. So I'm not against money. I'm not against market. I'm not against uh, a kind of materialism, but I want to put them in their place. They have a place, but put them in their place. And the place of love, what I call radical love, where we do things because we love our life, because we love poetry, because we love the land, because we love yes. our gardening, yes. we love our poetry. Love should be the motivating power and the force, and the money should be a means to an end. If you can have that right relationship, then money has a place, market right. has a place. But at right. the moment, money and market and materialism is ruling the society, ruling our human life, ruling the country, and the love and compassion and caring for each other, caring for the planet have gone out the window. This is why I am challenging the rule of money, rule of market, and rule of materialism. Um, Satish, are there any cultures, indigenous or not, that you're aware of that have no interest whatsoever in money, materialism, and marketing? I mean, the indigenous cultures, the uh, Navajo people in the United States and, and many other cultures in, in South America, also in Aboriginal people, they valued relationship. They had, they, for them, nature was the mother. Sky yes. was the father. They believed in the great spirit. And, and the money and, and, the, and the kind of material things were means to an end. But also, traditional societies, Taoist uh, in China, Buddhist in Japan and Southeast Asia, Hindus, um, uh, all these religious traditions, they put love, and caring and relationship at the top. And the material things 
market, money, material things at the service of humanity. That was the traditional culture. But the last 200 years, particularly the American influence in the world, and America is the kind of leader of materialism and market, yes. free market yes. and money. And, and the whole world has taken up the American idea of money, market and materialism. And all the indigenous cultures and the Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, all the values of love and compassion and relationship and dignity of human beings and love for nature, they have all gone as a kind of wishy-washy idealism. You are not practical, you are not realistic, you are too idealistic. So they are dismissed, uh, the traditional values and cultures and the money market and, and materialism, particularly is very much promoted by America, your country. And right. this is why I think America needs to learn from your own indigenous cultures. You have a great culture yes. of your own indigenous wisdom. Why yes. are you not learning from them? Right. I, I agree you with think you. That the, you think that the indigenous people are backward. They are savage. They are not educated. They are not developed. And they need educating. I think that is a wrong philosophy. I value the wisdom of the indigenous people. Yes, I imagine. I understand exactly what you're saying. So I want to talk about two things. One, you talk about the importance of love. Love, nature, gravity, very important to you. Yes. What do you mean when you say we have to love one another? What does that look like to you and what should it look like to me? Yes. Love is a kind of glue which holds life and people together. Yes. Like a gravity, as I said. And at the moment, even radical love, never mind, even modest love, moderate love, or ordinary love is missing. And all, I mean, if you see the media, for example, all the some newspapers, radio, television, are full of hatred, full of kind of putting other people down, always down. Um, criticizing, always looking bad things at other people. Yes. And this is, I think, a culture that is dominating. So I think we need to learn to love even those who we don't like. That's a radical love. Love even those who you don't like and try to communicate with them, see good things in them as well. Yes. So I think at the moment, uh, the time for love has come because without love, we have a war in Ukraine, we have a war in uh, Kashmir, we have poverty, we have conflict, and we have a conflict with China, we have a conflict with Korea, we have a conflict with Iran. Whole world is sort of kind of going to wrong direction. So the time for radical love is now to solve the problems of politics, of economics, of war, of conflict, of global warming, of climate change. So many big problems. They, the answer is love of all our questions. Um, the way I'm hearing you and the way I'm thinking about it is to, if you love, um, you give leeway, you give compassion, you have understanding, you say, we not may not agree on everything, but I don't dismiss you because you don't agree with me. Is exactly. that... Is that kind of my, am I getting it the way you want it to be? Yes, yes, you know, yes. I also. And see a, that every human being has some good quality. Yes. Look at those good qualities, encourage them, 
and work together with everybody rather than this kind of politics of division and politics of conflict and politics of condemnation of judgment of judgment there people judge too often and sometimes without facts and so exactly so you're you're dismissive of others who who are different this judgmental mindset has to be a bit reduced i mean there is a place for everything we are sure. humans, there's a place for everything. Sure. But at the moment, we are dominated by money, market, materialism, criticism, politics, condemnation, hatred. We yes. are ruled by hatred. Yes. We are the hatred of China, hatred of Russia, hatred of um, Iran, hatred of Muslims, hatred of this and hatred of that. We are ruled by hatred. I want to change that. And we are supposed to be Christians. Uh, uh, Joe Biden is supposed to be a Catholic. And, and uh, we are all supposed to be um, Orthodox Christians and Catholics and so on. But what is happening? Where is the love gone? Jesus Christ talked about love and we have forgotten it. You know, it's interesting. I Before I came on with you, I was at my physical therapy office and my therapist is Chinese. And we had an interesting conversation about... Um, cultures and how he's viewed in American culture, how other other Asians are, are, are judged and everything. And we kind of laughed about it because I said, my doctors are all from around the world. They're all yeah. different cultures. I want to go to the best I can go to. I don't care where you come from. I don't exactly. care what you look like. You know, yeah. give me your best care. I'm going to be your best patient. So I, yeah. I kind of get what you're saying. This and is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. If we see as a broad, magnanimous mind, yes, where we uh, respect all human beings, we respect nature, and we work together with cooperation and, and, and so on, then a little bit of conflict we can solve. The problems can be solved. But if we are ruled by <coughs> ruled by hatred, ruled by wars, ruled by conflict, yes. then humanity is not going to be happy. And we are looking for happiness. And love is the source of happiness. And then our cosmos becomes our country. The whole planet becomes our home. Yes. And the nature becomes our nationality and love becomes our religion. And then we are not saying that everybody has to be like us. Right. This idea of uniformity, the whole world has to be like us, uh, pre-market and, and a kind of industrialism and consumerism and materialism. Whole world has to follow this sort of American or European or, or a kind of industrial way. This right. has to change. Love right. means loving diversity loving different cultures, loving uh, different uh, kind of religions, uh, different um, uh, different um, uh, philosophies, loving the variety, the diversity. I was going to say, it seems to me that, you know, you get in, if you really want to understand people, you have to listen to what they're saying and you have to show an interest and, and genuinely be interested in learning something new. So yes. let's hold that thought because I want to move on to something else that is very important to you and is important to me. You talk a great deal about nature. It's a very important concept to you. As we said about indigenous people, you said Mother Earth, Father Sky. I understand that. Um, but I want to go a little bit further into your history and tell me about 1962. You did something very remarkable. Yes. I wanted to make peace with Mother Earth and, and also make peace with humanity. And the nuclear weapons and the nuclear arms race was very strong and prevalent. 
And so I got inspired to walk for peace, triple peace, peace within your heart, peace yes. with all peoples and peace with nature. That was a triple peace. And so I said that I want to walk and have trust in my heart. The, the war is caused by fear and the, and, and the peace is caused by trust. So how do I show that I trust? So I went around the world walking 8,000 miles without any money, no money whatsoever, completely trusting strangers. And for two and a half years, I walked through 15 different countries, Muslim countries, Christian countries, communist countries, capitalist countries, poor countries, rich countries, and everywhere I found humanity. And yes. I saw strangers feeding me every day, giving me room to sleep every day for two and a half years. Can you imagine? Not a single cent or a single dollar I spent, apart from uh, people gave me ticket to uh, go across the Atlantic. Right. And, 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 and people gave me ticket to go across the, uh, across the uh, Pacific. So people gave me everything. So that restored and, and reconfirmed my trust in humanity. Right. I was looked after by the strangers, their hospitality. And, and, and I met Bertrand Russell in England. I met Martin Luther King in the United States. Mm -hmm. I met so many wonderful people. And I was in the White House. I was in the Kremlin. So everywhere I was received. So that was the kind of peace journey, peace pilgrimage that I made uh, in 1962 for two and a half years. My goodness gracious. You, um, you've had, up until <coughs> 1962, you've had quite a remarkable life. What's next in your life story? What happened after you came back from your peace walk? I mean, I came back and then I became editor of Resurgence and Ecologist magazine. Now it's a resurgence ecologist, but in the beginning it was a resurgence magazine. So I became editor, and this resurgence and ecology magazine had been going for the last 55 years. And I was editor for 40 years. And so that was uh, work I did. So promoting peace, promoting love, and promoting human relationship, and care for our planet Earth, and addressing the issues of global warming, of climate change. Of, uh, of biodiversity uh, diminishing uh, and how to stop pollution of our rivers and the oceans and the land and protect the rainforest. All these were the, the causes for which Resurgence magazine was upholding values. And then I also said that not only the magazine, I need to teach young people about it. Uh, and our universities are not teaching these values. They are only teaching money, market, and materialism. <laughs> and so I said that I want to start a college. So I started Schumacher College, where education of head, education of hearts, and education of hands can take place. A holistic education. But our modern education tells you that humans have no body. Humans have no hand, no heart, only half brain the left, left hemisphere of the brain. Right, right. And we, in our universities, we only teach the left hemisphere of the brain. So I created a college, Schumacher College, where we have holistic education of two sides of the brain and also of the heart, also of the hand, practical skills, gardening, cooking, loving yes. nature, preserving nature, conserving nature, and respecting indigenous wisdom, 
All these things are included at Schumacher College. So these were the two main uh, kind of uh, activities that I uh, undertook. Uh, the, uh, uh, editing Resurgence magazine and, and starting Schumacher College. And during that time, I also wrote books. So I've written nine or ten books. And the latest book is This Radical Love. And so, and now I think the radical love is the most wonderful and important message the world needs. What we have forgotten is love. Everything else is there. We have rich, we have aeroplanes, we have, we have nuclear weapons, we can go around the world, we have, um, we have Zooms and we have a kind of internet and artificial uh, intelligence and we have everything. But love is missing ingredients. And without love, all these things do not hold together. So now my life mission, at the last few years of my life, I want to devote to promote the values and culture of love. When you talk about your curriculum, your curriculum at Schumacher College, you talked about gardening and seeds and cooking and you know, things like that. It's yes. interesting to me that so many people have never put their hands in the earth. They've never grown a flower, never mind a vegetable or anything else. Um, there are some elementary schools, however, that do that. Um, there, Interestingly enough, here, I live in Florida in, in the United States. There are some nursing homes that actually plant vegetable gardens for the residents to have something to care for, to grow. Um, so they're outside in nature. Now, some may need assistance and all, but to me... That is more worthy than plopping someone in front of a television. Television, by the way, I don't own a television. I haven't for many, many years. But, um, but I understand what you're saying. I think we have to be in touch with nature, whether we're just sitting outside. And I, I live on two lakes, so I get to listen to the waterfowl. I get to hear the crickets and listen to the frogs, and sometimes the alligator growls in the lake. You know. So to me, that's that's a very peaceful thing for me. And I live not in a high rise, but a very big apartment community. So at least I know I can be in touch with it. I wish I, I wish I had more time and was more physically able to get out and do more in nature. But it is true that I think nature is very calming. Yeah. It brings you back to your center on the yeah. earth. Um, if you can learn to love the things you find in nature Maybe that's a step to learning to love others. That's a simple step that everybody can take. Yes. Loving love, nature. Anim love, love nature, love animals. Love and, animals, and love birds, your, love insects, love butterflies. Yeah, get your mind love. in the frame of yes. accepting the gifts that Mother Nature has yeah, given absolutely, us. Absolutely, absolutely. And then perhaps move on and learn to yeah. be accepting. And we also need to understand that nature is our teacher. Yes, I mean, when the Buddha was asked by his own son, Rahul, that you are the world teacher or the national teacher of whole India, but who is your teacher? You know what the answer from the Buddha was? Earth. Nature is my teacher. Of course. Of course. Earth is my teacher. He yeah. touched the earth in front of his son and said, this is my teacher. So I learned patience, forgiveness, kindness, and all these good qualities of non-judgmental, our earth feeds everyone, whether you are a king or a beggar, whether you are a human or, or, or a, a, an animal, if you are rich or poor, or black or white, educated or uneducated, priest or prisoner, everybody is fed by the earth. 
So yes. if we can be like the earth and take care of everyone, earth loves everybody. But yes. we don't love everybody. We are conditional. We love only near and dear. Your friend or your wife or husband or parents or children, even there, there's a lot of lack of love. Even between um, couples and, and the families, there's not yes. enough love. Yes. So I think nature is our teacher. And at the moment, our, our health service is falling apart. So many people are mentally ill and physically ill. Yes. I would say one reason of our ill health is that we are disconnected from nature. Yes. If we can connect with nature and go out in nature and, and, and have a fresh air, fresh and look at the trees, look at the flowers, look at the ocean, yes. look at the river, and look at the birds and butterflies. If you connect with nature, your worries and your pressures and your stress, stress and, 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 and your anxiety and your yeah. anger and your fear, they will all melt away, it's disappear. True. And therefore, connecting with nature is the greatest challenge. Love of nature is the true radical love. Um, Satish, how... How do you explain forgiveness to someone who's never forgiven and the power of forgiveness? Yes. And the power of forgiveness is to free yourself. Because if you are carrying the weight of revenge, the weight of anger, the weight of animosity, then it's not so bad. Or Is it bad or not bad for the others with whom you are angry or you have revenge or you have um, anger? Uh, it's bad for you because yes. you are carrying that burden on your yes. soul, on your spirit, on your shoulders. So in order to free yourself from that burden and that anxiety and that revenge, you have to say, I forgive and I let go. I let go. So I'm Satish. I say to myself, Satish, let go. Don't hold on to these kind of negative feelings and negative anger and, 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 and revenge. What is what doing it to you? Are yes. you happy to be angry and revengeful? Right, you right. are not happy. So right. it's for our own sake, for our own peace of mind, for our own peace of kind of um, uh, life and a joy in our heart that we have to forgive and, and say, I let go of the past and I live in the present moment. Past yes. is past. Live in the present moment and make good life, good friendship, loving relationship, loving kindness now. Now is the time to live good life. Not think of the past, how bad it has been, who has hurt me, who has upset me, who has insulted me, what can I do with them? That kind of thinking in the past is carrying the burden. And I want people to be liberated from this burden and be free and enjoy, yes. uh, enjoy life now. It's like drinking the poison yourself and expecting the other person to get sick from it. It's not. When no. you don't forgive, you're the one who's getting sick. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. it's like a stone you're carrying around in your stomach. What is your description of compassion? Compassion is to see all people in yourself and yourself in other people. So when you see other people in yourself and yourself in other people, then their pain, their suffering, their um, ill health, whatever that is, is yours as well. So you go out of your way to help without any judgment, without any discrimination, without any qualification. 
you help whoever is, uh, is in need of that help. That is compassion. And like Jesus Christ talked about love, the Buddha mainly talked about compassion. I say only through compassion and compassion is kind of another word for love. Say, compassion is another word for love. When you feel compassion, you feel love and you are you gravitate to that person and say, how can I be of help? With your some soothing words, even your soothing words will be great help. We have forgotten to use our language, our words in a soothing way. Yes. So if you can soothe the hearts of other people with your kind words and sweet words, that's a kind of like a medicine for the mind and medicine for the heart. So compassion, forgiveness is a kind of forgiving what had been done wrong to you. But compassion is a little bit step further than that and say actively you help others to overcome their fear, their anger, their anxiety, their ill health, not only physical ill health, but also mental ill health. If and people are in need of help, yes, every kind of help, that's a compassion. Satish, what is your final word that you want to everybody to know about radical love, but about your philosophy of living your best life? What would you say to someone who's having a hard time grasping these concepts and send us off with something magnificent because I've so enjoyed talking to you? No, no. The, the only thing I can say is to feel that we are all interconnected we are interdependent we are not separate from nature we are not separate from each other america is not separate from china china is not separate from europe europe is not separate from uh, uh, russia no separation we are all in relationship we are all connected we are all interrelated so that interdependence of whole humanity should be the message and in that interdependence and interconnectedness that relationship that is the root of love so i would like to see love even those you don't like that's a radical love loving somebody your friend and your mother your father your wife your husband your children we can learn more easily even that moderate love is not enough but we need to go a step further and go radical love that we will love even when things are difficult and even if some people are difficult and, and we don't like them, but still we will transform them. Because only through love you can transform. So we have to bring the monsoon of love. Monsoon of the love. Monsoon of so love. much love that <clears throat> there's no hurt which cannot be healed by love. There's no hurt which cannot be healed by love. This is my last message. There's no hurt, no damage, no ill feeling which cannot be um, healed by love. Love is the real healer of all our pain and suffering. So try love, practice love, and you will know what I'm talking about. Satish Kumar, I'm so honored that you've been here. I want to remind everybody that Satish's book is called Radical Love. It's not real thick, but it's full of wisdom. I read his author notes in the beginning and already came away with a lot. And I, I'm so appreciative of you, uh, of you, Satish. I hope you continue your work and continue informing the world because I think your message is fantastic. And I believe you 100%. Thank you so much for being on the show. It has been my pleasure to speak with you. 
don't go away. I, I want to thank everybody for being with me today. I appreciate it. And thank you, mom and dad. See you next time.